WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today... So Mary, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, you know, I think I am still stuck in the 80s. So the 80s, wow. <laughs> My favorite artist, probably all, favorite all-time artist is Elvis Costello. Okay. So 70s and 80s. You're, you're uh, very much of an era. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, I uh, was born and raised in um, central Missouri, but I think I was a London punk at heart. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can. So that was the music that our, that my, my little small group of core group of friends was listening to a lot of, you know, we were listening to a lot of the stuff, you know, from, from that type of, of music from London. So it's great. The Clash and, you know, Elvis Costello and of course whole story there, but anyway. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll get into that in a Pogoing. Yes. Pogoing and living rooms across central Missouri. So. Huh. I don't, I, I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> and, you know, I was very much a 70s uh, Boston and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people were listening to that, you know, still. Um, yeah. Well, that it never it. died because it's great yeah. music. It but is you know what music. else I used to listen to was was uh, Glenn Miller and Benny Goodman from the 40s. And sure. yeah. And even Eddie Cantor from the 30s. Um, yeah. And not to mention, I was a band geek, so I listened to a little bit of Beethoven. Uh, the Egmont Overture is is one of my favorite. Very good. Yeah. Well, we have a lot more in common than you think, Neil, because, you know, like my mother listened to show tunes. So I grew up on all those show, show tunes. tunes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what's your, that, what's the, your favorite show? What's your favorite? Broadway oh, show? West Side, West Side Story, probably. Really? Okay. Or uh, Camelot's great. Um, mm. You know, all, the, all those. Fiddler on the Roof and um, Man of La Mancha. Yes. And yeah. my fair lady. Oh, wow. Look at you. You just, <laughs> right, just rattled them off. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't sing a show tune then in a day, then there's something wrong. Oh. <laughs> so that, how, that's how uh, Mary Ellen, my partner, kind of gauges my, my mental health. I should be <laughs> singing show tunes. But has so he sung reason, tra- has he sung tradition yet today? No, okay, tradition, it's not a good thing. <laughs> tradition. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the reason I bring this up mm, yes. is because our episode today, half of it focuses on our Freegal streaming music service that is free to WCLS patrons. And I know you are a fan of it. You are a much bigger music fan than I. Um uh, but I have very much enjoyed the list that you've shared with me from uh, things that you curated from Freegal. And I am sure that after listening to this podcast, I am going to start being a more avid Freegal user. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to share. Definitely. Definitely. I'll give you a hint. I, uh-huh. use, I use the search engine for Freegal a lot. And I, I go on what you might call quests, mm-hmm. or you might say I go down rabbit holes. <laughs> you'll learn a little about what I'm what I'm finding on mm-hmm. Freegal. The mm-hmm. other thing that we're talking about today is Whatcom Reads. Oh yes, it is Whatcom Reads season. 
I'm interviewing Ann McAllen, who is mm-hmm. the chair of the Whatcom Reads Committee. Yes. Um, what we really kind of came to the realization of is that there is not a Whatcom Read season. Whatcom Read is yeah, all it's all year, year long. Especially. Yeah, that's something that is definitely something we've been working on in the past few years. Is like just because Anne is developing, Anne, who is our colleague here at WCLS, is um, developing these incredible programs that were inspired by each year's book. And so, yeah, it's much more than a season, um, but yeah. it 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 definitely is concentrated around this time of year. Right, but especially someone like me who is a slow reader. So of course, you know, you'll hear about this, but. But Whatcom Reads is is a program is a a is program the right word? Yeah, it's a it is a cooperative program pre, um, presented by all the public and academic libraries in Whatcom County and Bellingham, and so that's Bellingham Public Library, Whatcom County Library System, and the libraries at Western Whatcom, BTC, and Northwest Indian College, and our community partner, Village Books. Wow, you do that really well. I I, I had Andy. <laughs> I that write a lot of well. press releases. <laughs> <laughs> you do. The entire county, anyone in the county is is welcome to join us by reading a, a book that we've selected for the year. And then, yeah. of course, there are um, events and 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 author visits in March. In February yeah. and March. Right. January, right. February, and March. Yep. December, January, February, and March. And sometimes yep. November too. <laughs> <laughs> but hence we go the, into hence that. the year round stuff. Yeah. But, the year round. Yeah. And also because I'm a slow reader. So I have to start early or I won't. Yeah, but remember, anymore. you you can listen to the audiobook or you know, the ebook, or you know, so there's lots of ways to get engaged with with the program. And this year's book, of course, is Greenwood by uh, Michael Christie, who's a Canadian author and Boy, you know, I read the book a couple of years ago, but um, as I said earlier, the programs that Anne has developed based on themes in the book, I think are really going to start some great conversations among, um, you know, our friends and neighbors. So that is the Walk and Read's tagline is read the book, join the conversation. And, and that's really what this is all about right now is getting people engaged around this book and coming together and thinking through some of the the ideas that are are shared in this beautifully structured um, novel. So I'm, you can tell, very excited about it. I love Walk yes. and Reads. I yeah. think that it really represents the best of, of what we can do as libraries and, and, and bookstores. That, and that's bringing us all together. I yeah, mean, bringing us all together. Yeah, um, celebrating one book and celebrating um, reading and community. That's what Walk and Reads is, is all yeah. about. It's, it's going on its 14th year. This is the 14th year of Walk and Reads, which is really incredible. That's amazing. And I really hope people will go to the website, walkandreads.org, to see everything that's happening and follow us on our social media channels too. So we're on all the big ones, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's a great way to stay to stay in contact and to meet other readers. You know, that's really what this is about. Um, it's getting to know your neighbors and um, through a book. And get to understand your community and some of the issues that we're facing that may be expressed in that year's selected novel. So um, I can also do a plug right now, too, that these books, the book recommendations are surfaced from members of the community. So um, we have certain criteria that we look at when we're selecting the featured title, um, you know, has to be have somewhat of a Pacific Northwest connection, whether it's the author or the, the story itself. The author has to be available to come to Whatcom County 
Um, and there's some other criteria as well, which you can find on our website. And um, you can also recommend a book that way. And if you have a book in mind, we've already um, selected the 2023 mm -hmm. uh, featured titles. So um, if you're sending in a book, it would be for 2024. And boy, talk about making time go fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <We're, laughs> well, you're already looking two years down the line. It's like, wait. <laughs> All right. And that's that's what our show is going to be about today. So get ready for the first podcast of 2022. It is. It's the first podcast of 2022. Congratulations, we, Neil. Here you go into a into a second year of, of podcast magic. So I can't can't wait to hear the show. That's exciting. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. I'm joined today by Rose Momsen. Rose works at the Point Roberts Library. Hi, everyone. What I want to talk to you about is um, what I've found out is that you are a fan of our uh, Freegal streaming audio service that we offer at Whatcom County Library System. It's one of the best things in our digital collection. I'm a fan too, and I think that a lot of our patrons don't really know about Freegal and what it offers, so maybe let's talk about that. Well, when I promote it to new card holders, people who've come in to get a new card in Point Roberts, of which we've had quite a lot in this uh, pandemic, we've had a lot of people both move away from Point Roberts and new people move into Point Roberts, is that Freegal, um, I tell them it's everything that Sony ever recorded, which is probably not exactly right, but it's close because it's wide and deep and broad. It's all kinds and types of music and audio files and speeches. It's amazing the amount yeah. of stuff that's in Freegal. And there's all kinds of video things as well in Freegal. Right. So it really depends on what you're interested in. The unique thing uh, from my point of view as a librarian with Freegal is that if you quote unquote borrow a song, you get five per card each week you actually keep it forever in the device where you have downloaded it. So it is a gift from Freegal to each library card holder. So, so any patron, Whatcom County Library System patron, can download five songs to their own computer every week. Every week. You know, sometimes it's like you'll, you'll find an album because there are whole albums on Freegal. Yes. And you'll want... You'll want all 10 songs, but yeah. you can only download five per week. So you have to use a little patience with Freegal. Yes. That's and what I tell people. When I'm showing people how to access Freegal, there's two tips I give them right away. And one mm -hmm. is to sign up for the email reminders. Freegal will send you an email on Monday or Tuesday and say, you have five songs that you can download this week. And if you don't get to it, by about Thursday or Friday, they send you a reminder saying, don't forget, you have five card, five songs to uh, download this week. And I have found that Freegal appears to be on East Coast timing. So I make sure I download my songs sometime by the middle of the day on Saturday, because if you wait too long on a Saturday, those five songs will vanish and you'll be into next week's songs. So you do have to think yeah. about that because we are so far west. Yeah, especially you. <laughs> the other tip that I tell people 
is that yes. as you are shopping on Freegal, because some people, if you practice on Freegal, it gets easier to find what you're looking for. But sometimes it's a little clunky when you're first getting started. But you can click the button that will choose all the songs in an album, and then you can say, please put this onto uh, my wish list. And it's like a shopping cart. And you can throw as many things as you want in your wish list. And then each week, you just go to your wish list and knock out those five that are that week. It literally takes about less than five minutes. Ah. Sometimes I make uh, what we used to call a mixtape. And I make mix tapes and burn them onto discs and share them with people. I am a children's librarian, so sometimes I'm downloading children's music and then mixing that up and using it in story time situations, things like that. A mixtape, of course, back in the in the seventies and earlier, maybe. Um, we're on real cassette tapes. We're on real cassette tapes, where where we would. You know, back in the day, we would listen for songs coming on the radio, and when it started to come on, we'd hit record and we'd record that song on the on the mixtape. And you would you would spend weeks creating a mixtape, and then well, and they're all different things depending on how you were feeling about it. I was sending out mixtapes at Christmas as a gift, my favorite songs of the year. Or, That's a great idea. Yeah. And here's one for trip music, music for driving in a car. That was when we could drive in cars away from Point Roberts. So from the cassette decks, let's let's take this trip here and flash forward to the 80s when CDs came out. That made making a mixtape a whole lot easier. Yes. Then, you know, you were able to download. MP3. Yeah. Yeah. And now with Freegal using your library you can you can download the songs and create a mixtape however you want it can go on your phone it can go on an right. ipod if you still have those and you can keep the mixtapes in freegal and just stream the music because that's the latest thing yes. of course you know we're we're um not the youngest folks in the library system you and i but we, so so you know we still do this old fashioned downloading but the kids i hear don't own mp3s or files they just stream which you can do on freegal and you can enjoy other people's taste in music that you might not have yourself yeah. there are playlists on freegal they're quite widely chosen and sometimes they're library playlists with themes so there was uh, a playlist that was called Radio Royalty, and it was like big names, I guess, in playlist. And I copied all of those songs into my wish list and uploaded them. So I've also done the Moon Landing playlist, and I'm working <laughs> on the Shades of Chopin playlist. What, what was the Moon Landing? Was moon that landing songs from 1968? The moon landing playlist was really fun because it was all these things that had the word moon in it. Oh, okay. And I uploaded everything to my wish list. But as I went through the downloading process, I listened to enough of it to figure out, do I like the song? And if I didn't like the song, I deleted it out of my playlist. Yeah. So my moon landing playlist is 54 songs. But you've got Moonlight Motel by Bruce Stingstein and... Full Moon by Santana and Fly Me to the Moon by Emmy Meyer. So you might find 
an artist you didn't know you really liked. I mean, Pink Floyd's in there, Dark Side of the Moon, and oh. Duke Jordan doing Midnight, Moonlight, and Doris Day. So it had a wide range of musicians and singers. All themed around the moon. All had moon in the word, and I just really enjoyed that. The Chopin one that I'm doing now is obviously all um, Chopin. That's fun. So I like to make playlists, too. And, and once I started making playlists on Freegal, you know, once I, I got the hang of how to do that, I do I do it all the time now. I'll go on in, down a rabbit hole and start discovering songs. You know, Moons is a perfect example. So, songs, if I search for Moon in Freegal, I'll come up with, you know, a million songs. <laughs> and then I can Lots I can look at whether I yeah, whether they're familiar to me or whether the artist is familiar, whether it's a familiar song by an artist that I didn't expect. Yeah, that's nice too that you see other artists. Right. Or the same song done over and over in different ways, right? Some of the old songs are really different now. Yeah, you can get a lot of um different variations. So I wanted to share with people one of my favorite songs that I use a lot is a sting song called St. Agnes and the Burning Train. And I've got a version here by the London Starlight Orchestra. But when I put in St. Agnes, I got all kinds of songs that had St. Agnes in them. And they weren't oh, wow. St. Agnes and the Burning Train. But I'll play you a clip of this one if you'd like. Sure, let's try that out. favorite tunes it's all instrumental oh that's it's beautiful yeah yeah so the other day i went down a rabbit hole with the song teach me tonight yes the old standard um and and i've heard several versions of it that i i really like nat king cole of course is my yeah, favorite yeah. um but he isn't represented on in Freegal, uh, you can't find a Nat King Cole song. It's one of the one of the little quirks is some artists are not there. Right. But I've got uh, people as varied as uh, Louis Armstrong, Etta James, of course. Um, I have Neil Diamond singing "Teach Me Tonight." Did you say I've got a lot to, learn. to see who else is you know recognizable? Some odd group. Oh, Liza Minnelli. Who I'm, who I'm, don't, don't judge me, but I've really gotten to love Liza Minnelli's kind of 70s. She's a great singer. She's a fantastic singer. Uh, Phoebe Snow, who does a great kind of rocking jazz version. Oh. 
or the new Hawaiians who. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I also have the Teach Me Tonight Cha-Cha by Pia Beck. Did you say I've got a lot to learn? Well, don't think I'm trying not to learn. Since this is the perfect spot to learn. Cha-Cha tonight. Let me play a little snippet of Teach Me Tonight by an artist named Mayoshi Umeki. Okay. Koino sasaya kimo Aino manasashimo Beautiful. Nandimu that's fantastic isn't that fantastic didn't know the artist but i knew the song so i i gave it a whirl and you know i've i've learned to love so many new artists and new songs the nice thing is that you can play either the whole song or just a clip of the song and you have, yeah. don't have to download it. So you can test things out, but right. you do have to spend a little bit of time on your computer to do that. Yeah, but it's kind of like if you if you love music, this yeah. is, for me, this is a, a new kind of a hobby. This is like sitting down yeah. and doing a crossword puzzle or, you know. Oh, but it, this is the ultimate three-dimensional, multi-dimensional crossword puzzle. It's, I mean, it's so deep and wide. You can really get lost in Freegal if you'd like. Yeah, and, and the songs just seem connected. And if you can just wander from, yeah. from uh, one thing to another. So tell me real quick, yes. the, the five-minute, how do you get on to Freegal from the WCLS.org? website so you have your library card in your hand or in your head and mm -hmm. you go to a computer that has speakers and you go to wcls.org and you're going to see the big blue bar across the top which is the doorway that takes you to the catalog and underneath is a skinny white menu bar every one of those words takes you somewhere else and you want to touch the one that says digital content and when you click through to digital content you'll get a list and you're going to choose the one that says freegal and it will have a little video that has somebody talking about it and you can click through to the actual freegal uh, service that we contract with and it will come up and you will need to log in to freegal with your barcode and your uh, PIN number, which is usually the last four digits of your phone number, but not always, but you should know what it is. And it will show you that you have five downloads remaining. And how many hours of streaming? Right now it's showing me I have oh, five hours of streaming left. So yeah, I think, it's, I think you get five hours a day. Well, Thanks. in 20, yeah, because in 2020, they, they bumped it up to a lot of streaming because they felt that people were stuck at home. Yeah. Your wish list will be on there, but there's also playlists on there. And you can go to your own playlists or you can go home and you can see the featured playlists. And I like to go straight to the search bar 
and I have I either have an artist in mind or just a theme like like the moon, maybe a little more specific than the moon. But like I did, I looked up Iceland. Um, I looked up what I made a playlist of songs about other musicians. So someone singing about Johnny Cash or Janis Joplin. Um, How fun is that? As you said earlier, uh, this is the Sony catalog. It actually contains 15 million songs, but it doesn't contain every song in the Not world. I'm working on a Django Reinhardt 100 classic masters long album with 100 songs in there. Oh, so wow. we can hear Django Reinhardt's Blues Claire. It's probably from the 20s. Yeah. It's not just old songs either. Um, Adele's latest album is is available to download for free, um, as is uh, Alicia Keys. The other interesting aspect is audiobooks. And um, I recently was looking because Martin Luther King Jr. Day is coming up and there are, there are collections yes. of his speeches. Yes, right here up on the top. And you've got Barack Obama's speeches and okay. some uh, nonfiction books. Here's something about Amelia Earhart. So there's lots of interest. I mean, when you talk about a rabbit hole, these are deep rabbit holes in here. Oh, sure. Oh, and, no. Oh. Vintage radio shows. Here's Space Patrol. There's a lot of lovely audiobooks. Freegal is a wonderful resource. Wonderful resource. I think we could make a, a, a book club that was just a Freegal music Oh, um, wouldn't that be great? We'll talk about the playlists that we'd made that week. Yeah, we could. Yeah, that's a really okay, good so idea. I've got Australian music, you know, all kinds mm -hmm. of music from all over the world is available. And children's songs, of course. You yes. found a lot of those. Yeah. Playlists of kids' party music of, for different ages. And mm -hmm. you can just find well, that right under the Freegal playlist. And not to mention karaoke uh, versions oh. of songs. Have you oh, discovered that's that? Right. That's right. That's right. So, so you can download your song and sing, be the lead singer of your I own think karaoke that would be version. Very popular. We could have Zoom karaoke with Freegal songs. Ooh, what a program cool. that would be, Neil! All right, we'll work on that. That's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you wanted to explore this. All right, we're here today with Anne McAllen. And Anne, tell me what you do for the Whatcom County Library System. I work as the adult programming coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System, which means I help put together adult programs for all our 10 branches. And I coordinate speakers and presentations, authors, and different kinds of workshops that we hold at our libraries. Um, traditionally, we always did it in person, but since COVID, we're doing it virtually. <laughs> we call that programs. And when I first started working for the library, um, I come from kind of a computer background and programs to me meant something different. I really had to learn that in the library parlance, 
programming is uh, what, 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 what do you say? I mean, what's a, what's a layman's term for programming? Um, I guess events. Sometimes I like to say events because they're not always, um, they could be a workshop, a hands-on workshop where you're learning to weave a basket, or it could be a lecture from Humanities Washington where you're learning about, I don't know, gentrification of rural Washington. So it, it's all different. It's an event. Okay. Okay. That makes, that clarifies. I wish you had told me that when I started working <laughs> for the library system. In that role, you also take on a whole other project, which is Whatcom Reads. Tell us what you do for, for Whatcom Reads. Well, Whatcom Reads, um, I think they always say I'm the chair of Whatcom Reads, but in reality, it's a team effort. And I feel like we have uh, lots of co-chairs on that team. So you're the chair of Whatcom Reads, but tell us what what is Whatcom Reads? So Whatcom Reads is a countywide program that encourages everyone to read and discuss the same book. So every year a different book is chosen. And then throughout that year, we read that book and we have programs connected to the themes in that book. And it culminates with the author's visit um, in early March. So it was originally organized um, back in 2008 or nine. And it was it's all the public and academic libraries in Bellingham and Whatcom County, as well as our community partner, Village Books. So there's a lot of people involved. So, so all of the libraries, all of the academic and public libraries. So that means Whatcom County Library System, Bellingham Public Library. Oh, can you name all the academic libraries? Um, Bellingham Technical College, Whatcom Community College, um, Western Washington University, and Northwest Indian College. I think I've got everybody. So we're asking the entire county to read the same book. We we picked a book for them, and we're asking the entire county to read that book over the course of several months, which is good for me because I am a really slow reader. And then you, starting in December, generally, you'll have programs. And I'm really glad we established what programming was early mm -hmm. because now we can talk about that. So you have programs that go from January, from December to March, right? Yeah, in general, once in a while, that that window might be bigger in, in the case if something might happen in the fall or summer. But generally, December, January, and February, we have what's called lead-up programming, and it's based on the themes that are in the book. Um, and then the author comes in early March. So really people have more like a year to read the book because we announce the next year's selection at the this year's. So in other words, in 2022, March, we will announce the 2023 book. So you'll have a whole year before the 2023 author comes to read it, discuss it with your book clubs. That's part of the excitement of the um of the author visit, isn't it? That yeah, yeah. We always do the we always do the announcement um, at the usually it's been at the Mount Baker Theater event with the author, 
Uh, and sometimes the MC for that event has announced it, but um, we have also had authors announce it. It's funny because the first year that I um, helped out with Whatcom Reads, that was the year The Big Burn oh. um, was the book. So when when we had the author event with Timothy Egan at the Mount Baker Theater, I was just kind of involved because I was helping with the website and, and social media. Um, but I was in the inside, so I knew what the next year's book was going to be. And mm -hmm. I ended up sitting with Margaret Bickman, who, um, of course, is well known in, in Whatcom County as, as a librarian and a uh, writer and reporter. And she sat with me and, and through the, through the um, course of, of Timothy Egan doing his, his presentation, she would elbow me and say, so, you know, you know what the next book is. What is it? What is it? And she would try and goad me into telling her what it was. And I didn't. I was very good. Very good. I have had I have had some friends over the years who um, who are like, I can't make it to the Mount Baker event, but I really want to know who is next year's book. And I say, I can't tell you until it's announced. So then the deal a couple of times I've texted them when the announcement is made, like at the Mount Baker Theater, then I could text them and go, next year's book is. But um, yeah, we do keep <laughs> it a secret. <laughs> we try to. And people want to know because I think a lot of people, um, well, certainly a lot of people are are interested in come to these events, right? Oh, yeah. We've had, we have great, um, in, I mean, over the years, it, I think the fun part, one of the fun parts of Whatcom Reads is that every year's programming is so different because it, every book is different and the themes are quite different. So last year with Essie Edgigon, um, her book, Washington Black, a lot of the themes were about the black experience and social justice, but also um, the main protagonist in the book was a nature illustrator. So we had some artists come um, like David Sibley talked about illustrating birds Molly Hashimoto did mm. about her artist guide to nature, uh, Colors of the West. And so we had lots of um, poetry readings with African-American poetry, but we also had um, a program about the octopus and its amazing brain <laughs> because there was an octopus in the book. So that was last year's programming, you know, and this year it's uh, Greenwood. So tell me, tell us about Greenwood. Let's just jump right into this year's book. Greenwood is, uh, well, it's, I'm trying to think, have you read it, Neil? I have read it. Have you? What, um, did, I, did you? I would just, I would describe it as an epic novel about family that spans several generations mm -hmm. and there's trees in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Trees are like the guiding metaphor throughout the book, because like you said, it is a family tree. And then it also opens up, um, it's set in the Pacific Northwest, and there's a lot about timber and old growth forests. And actually, um, it's set quite, it begins quite in the future. So it's a world where the great withering has happened and no trees are left except on Vancouver Island. So uh, there's there's lots of different pieces of it. So that's why this year... Our, um, our programming, some of it has to do with botany and trees. 
Um, and then there's also some, some things about climate change and climate fiction, which is actually the genre. This is considered cli-fi, they call it. I know a lot of people hadn't heard that term, but instead of science fiction and sci-fi, it's climate fiction, cli-fi. So there will be a program about what is climate fiction and what are some examples of it. So yeah, and then um, Michael Christie will be joining us right now in person. It's planned for early March, March 3rd through 5th. And he'll be having different interviews and book discussions and book talks. So we're, and we're planning for him to, to be in person, which is different than last year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk let's talk about that a minute. Um, in general, over the years of Whatcom Reads, it has exclusively been an in-person event. All all of the events have have been in person until COVID happened, right? Yes, and yeah, it actually started in two thousand nine was our first year, and all the way through okay. two thousand twenty, it, it had been in person, and so early. 2020, our author that year was Ao and Ivy, um, and we we were we had everything planned for in person. It was since it happens in early March, it was a little bit before everything shut down. But Aowen lives in Alaska, and at that time, Seattle was the epicenter of COVID because of some outbreaks in some convalescent centers. So she had called a few days before her arrival and said, I don't know if I can come. My, my children and my spouse are just telling me it's crazy to go to Washington right now. But um, we kept saying that, no, here in Whatcom County, we haven't had, you know, we at that time were good. So Eowyn did come and do the in-person events in early March 2020. And I think it was barely a week after she left that we were all shut down. Everything closed. So that year we just made it under wow. the wire for 2020. And, and then last... escaped without catching COVID. <laughs> no, but the, the scary part was she had a really bad cold the last two days and she, she was hoarse and really congested. And so she was a little worried. We were all a little worried and she made us say, please, in my book signings, let no one touch me. Um, I think she even had rubber gloves on and, um, we do, weren't doing masks back yeah. then, but she asked that we ask people not to hug her. And um, she said she was usually a big hugger, but she did not want to be hugged. But that was just, yeah, just when COVID was beginning. It's interesting because um, at that time, we were planning this podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but um, she was actually my first author interview Really? I did uh, at, not know that. Um, in, in Linden at the... Um, it was there at the Janssen that year or not? I don't remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was the Janssen Art Center. And, okay. and we arranged for her to get there a little early and we sat distanced with with separate microphones um, and and I interviewed her. And then later that month everything closed down and the idea of doing a podcast where I was interviewing people just seemed uh, impossible. And so we shelved everything until, 
until this past uh, May, we got things wow. going again with with um, Zoom because we hadn't been using Zoom as a tool at That's all. Right. So Zoom, the online the video yes. um, <laughs> live so... video tool, we hadn't been using it. We That's didn't know right. anything about it except oh, yeah. I kept hearing commercials about it. Oh my god! And so then we started um, using it for meetings. And then we, well, I mean, let's talk about that because I think that's an interesting story. It was like after Eowyn was done, we had to make a decision, didn't you? You had to make a decision about online events or about events after that. Well, yeah, at first it was What do you remember about that? Well, I remember that we already had, we have our programming organized way, you know, way in advance. So we already had our program set up for March, April, and May, our spring quarter, and we just canceled everything. Like we just had to keep calling. First, we would be like, well, we're going to cancel March, but let's see what April brings. And then it was like cancel April. And then we kept going like step by step, but all the spring programming was canceled. And then we didn't schedule anything for that summer. Um, I think we, we did just staff uh, videos. You know, there were some things like that going on. Um, teaching about our resources. And I believe, you know, the youth services folks were putting things together. We were just like you said, we didn't know about Zoom. We were all just learning as we went along. And then um, we started doing more. um, At that fall, we had our own read and share. That was all virtual. That was the first year we did that virtually, because that had been in person. And that read and share is similar to Whatcom Reads. Only it's it's specifically for Whatcom County Library System patrons. Is that right? Right. Yeah. It's it's put on by just uh, Whatcom County Library System. So that whole big yeah. author event, which was supposed to be live, was in um, on Zoom, and then and then it was the first year we had all of our lead up programming for Washington Black for the twenty twenty one read. Um, All of our lead up programming was virtual, which was totally new. And um, it's harder, but in some ways, but I think what's kind of neat is that some of our presenters, like David Sibley, he's in Massachusetts. And he's just a master of bird illustration and knowledge about birds. And like, we'd never be able to get someone like him, but he was virtual. So he was at our walk and reads. And then um, the octopus expert was also not local. He was Seattle, but he wasn't up here. So um, I think those kinds of things um, have been different in a good way that we can have some presenters that are far away. This year we have uh, the climate fiction expert, actually. He's a professor in Connecticut. And so he would normally not be able to just come to a little Whatcom Reads event, but he can come to uh, the virtual one. So yeah, it's different. And then the author events, all of them were online with S.E. Edgigon. So um, I was a little apprehensive about that, but they all went really well. And they were interactive in that you can ask questions via Zoom. And we had one event with Western that she was totally, it was students were all there and she could talk to them virtually. And how, how are the crowd sizes for her events? They're good. I mean, I'm trying to remember, but I know that uh, in the hundreds, 
you know, whereas like Mount yeah. Baker Theater always has a big crowd pre-COVID, but, um, but we, some of our lead up programming, especially, I think has been pretty large audiences compared to what we might sometimes get in person. But for the author yeah. events, we usually okay. have good turnouts for them, for Whatcom Reads. Okay. And so for this year, for Greenwood, um, the author, Michael Christie, will be in um, in town, in person, Knockwood. Yeah. There'll be a Chuck and at Radio Hour. There'll be something at the Mount Baker Theater. There'll be some a book discussion um, with Michael and uh, another staff person from the Whatcom County Library System at the Deming Library. And we'll have something... I'm trying to think what our other ones are. The first day is Deming a book discussion and the Mount Baker and the Chuckanut Radio Hour. Friday is Mount Baker Theater, I know, and uh, Western Washington Art and Craft of Writing event at Western Washington. And then the final fifth event is virtual, an interview with Village Books owner Kelly Everett and Michael Christie, but that'll just be virtual. We've been talking about Whatcom Reads, but there's more to Whatcom Reads than just uh, programming, right? Mm -hmm. What That's else right. do we have going on? Well, we have the Allied Allied Arts is one of our partners, and every year we have the Whatcom Reads Challenge. And so people can submit their original artwork inspired by the book. So this year it would be Greenwood, and there's a display at the Allied Arts Gallery in Bellingham. So this year, the submission deadline is March 1st to 2nd. But if you have a, um, if you, when you read Greenwood and then you get inspired by something in the book, you can do a piece, could be anything, could be weaving, it could be painting, uh, prints. I've seen all kinds of fabric art, um, depending on the book. And then we uh, often have a, um, the, the author will come see the work and see what, what inspiration has been drawn from their book. So that's one thing that's, that's going that's... on. And then, and it's been fun because my um, neighbor, closest neighbor is a young couple that just moved here from Maine. And they, I told them about Wacom Reads and they've been jumping right in, but they're like, hey, there's this art thing. And they had an idea for an art piece with rings of a tree and family faces. And so I think um, a lot. It's another, just another avenue to get into the book and to explore Whatcom Reads. And we also have... And to um, get into the community. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we also have Whatcom Rights. Um, we've had that for a number of years. It's part of Whatcom Reads that focus on local writers. And you submit something for the anthology. There's a different theme each year. Um, and I'm trying to remember this year's theme, interconnectedness. Yeah. And so every year an anthology is actually published and um, there's readings at Village Books, the one in Fairhaven, as well as the one in Linden. And um, actually each year, the last few years, the author uh, contributes something to the anthology as well. Oh, so wow. this year's anthology has a piece by Michael Christie as well as our local writers. And then you get the published copy of the book as well as there'll be readings at um, Village Books in February. Wow. So those are two things. I guess one of the questions that I really should ask you is why? 
why are we, why do we why is this important why is um it important for the whole county to read one book that's tough one. You know, I thought you were going to ask me how it was funded. I can tell you how it's funded. It's funded from friends at the Bellingham Library and the Walker County Library Foundation. All right, wait a minute. Um, tell me, tell me okay. that again with a straight face. How is this funded, Anne? <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> okay. See how much fun this is? So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ask me that question. All right. How was this funded, Anne? Well, um, Welcome Reads receives significant funding from the Friends of the Bellingham Public Library and the Whatcom County Library Foundation. Those are our main funders, but we also get support from other local businesses and organizations. And there's many different parts, um, including like the hotel for the author, so someone will donate that. So we get all kinds of support, but the most significant funding comes from those two groups. Okay, great. Now, why are we doing this? <laughs> well, I think it's a good way to um, bring community together because as I've been mentioning through the interview that every year we just have a whole different group of partners that we work with depending on the theme. And so it, I think over the years, Walk and Reads just keeps growing in terms of connecting community members and community organizations. And it, it's a celebration of reading and readers and community. Let me ask you one other question. Have you ever been really starstruck by an author that we've had? Yeah. Huh. You know, it's really interesting, Neil, because I, each time, I mean, because some of them, you know, like Boys in the Boat was my first year, um, Daniel James Brown. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's like was this huge book, but he was so down to earth. He just pulled up in his um, pickup truck, old pickup truck, drove up from Seattle and, um, you know, we just would talk about everything from like beekeeping to families to whatever. And I've, I think with, I'm usually the driver. I'm often the driver of the vehicle. Nope. So I'll pick up the author at, um, at the village Inn. they often stay at and then drive them to the venues and drive them back, make sure they have food or whatever. And, um, always it's just, I, I can't think of anyone that I just didn't have a great conversation with and was just, um, most of them have just been so delightful. Wow. Probably, I thought of Tim Egan as kind of, you know, superstar that I was a little bit intimidated from because he he does not, um, uh, it's a mixed deal. Sometimes I deal directly with the author and other times I have to go through an agent. So when I deal directly with the author, like with AON or this year with Michael Christie, then it's, I have more of a sense of who they are. But some years we have to go through the agent and then you don't really even have any connection with the author until you pick them up at the airport. Oh, wow. So um, with Tim Egan, I had had no communication with him until we were driving him to a venue and he was just so great and funny and easy to talk to. And so I, I think I w was starstruck until then I just met him and was, was really comfortable. Wow. 
Wow. Okay. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this then. I'm asking as a, as a, you know, I represent the audience here in this podcast. So, mm-hmm. so the questions I ask often are things that I think the audience would want to know. And it's like, have, have, have you already decided on the 2023 selection? Yes and no. We have, um, it's a long process. It starts literally right after the Whatcom Reads of the previous year finishes. Then we, uh, we, we are always asking for suggestions from community members. And so people will suggest titles. And then the committee meets. There's an actual book selection committee that has representatives from all of the partners. So someone from Western and the Northwest Indian College and BTC, Bellingham Library, Whatcom uh, Community College, Whatcom Library System, and Village Books. And then they meet and they whittle down the list because sometimes people suggest titles where maybe the author is dead and they can't come for a visit, or there could be other reasons. We try to have something with Northwest ties. There's there's criterion that you can see on our website, but there's um, a variety of things we're looking for, something with a lot of themes that we can, and actually some an author that we can afford that can come here because there's some some authors have exorbitant fees and they, we wouldn't be able to have them for Whatcom Reads. So that process goes on through the year, narrowing the book list down, and then it gets down to three or four books and the steering committee will have to read them all and then vote. Um, and there'll be discussions about why would this be, book be great, why maybe not. And so this year's book, um, we have our choice, but we don't know for sure if it's been approved by the author and their agent. So we have to wait and see until um, we we need to find out soon, but we're just kind of waiting. We're kind of negotiations right now. Okay. But so if I have an idea for a book that I think would fit with Whatcom Reads, I could let you know for the 2024 year. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. The more, more titles we have on the list of potential titles for the next year, the, the more richer even the whole selection process is. I do want to ask one thing about one of the events that's most of the events that you're having, the lead up uh, presentations um, make a lot of sense. Even if you haven't read the book, knowing that it's about family and trees and everything, but you have an event on January 27th, um, which is Devin Champlin, who is a local musician and guitar maker or um, luthier, I guess is the term. Um, And I'm wondering what his, what that connection to the book is. Okay. Well, that's a great question, Neil. Um, In the book, and this is the fun thing about finding topics to do programming on is that in the book, there's actually a person who builds an instrument who is a wood crafter and this character builds um, a beautiful instrument. I'm trying to remember. I think it was a violin. Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, there um, there is an instrument, a person who builds an instrument. And so Devin is going to be talking about creating musical instruments and the woods that the treasured woods that are used in that craft of instrument making. So I think that's going to be really great. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. But you're right. You don't always, what I've found over the years that I think is great is that 
sometimes people don't read the book before the author comes or they attend one of the other programs and then that intrigues them to read the book. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, so it's like, Oh, you know, I haven't read the book. I just was interested in this program. But then after the program, it seems like we still in the lead up to Watkin Reed's author visit, we have lots of people reading the book, but then also, uh, people do read it after the author's visit as well. Yeah. So you don't have to come into the programming having read the book. You, yeah, that's right. And even to see Michael Christie, you don't have to have read the book. No, but you'll want to. Yeah. yeah. You'll want to, and then you'll have, you know, you can follow along with him. He's written some other books as well. Yeah. All right. Well, Anne, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to, to talk to us. I know this is a busy time of year for you with all this programming and organizing. and It's fun. So I hope we see a lot of you come out and come out to some of the lead up programs and come out and see Michael Christie in early March. Yeah. yeah. And you can go to our website to uh, get all the details at whatcomreads.org. Whatcomreads.org. Yes. All right. Okay. Everybody come out. We want to see you. Absolutely. All right. Well, Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Anne. Well, that's our show. Thank you for listening. I want to thank our guests, Rose Momsen and Anne McAllen. We do hope you'll check out both Freegal Streaming Music and the upcoming Whatcom Reads events. As always, I'd like to thank my boss, Central Missouri pogo dance and punk rocker Mary Vermillion. You better listen to the radio. Friends, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, show us some love by subscribing to this podcast, giving it a five-star rating, and telling a friend about us. If you have comments or ideas for us, visit our website at wcls.org slash podcast and email them to us. Until next time, this is Neil McKay saying, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding?